Everyone needs forgiveness The kindness of a Savior Father God, your provision is always more than enough, Lord. Your timing is impeccable. And the blessings that you give us each day and each week, we are so grateful and thankful. Lord, we want to take the first portion of our income that you provide and give it back into the ministry. Lord, I ask that you accept these offerings that you would multiply them and use them to glorify your name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
So why don't you so take a second and greet the person next to you? Tell them your name and make sure you you tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord. Singing songs, songs and, pray, and praising God, God. and uh, you guys you are guys a blessing, are a blessing to, us. to us. You know, when we when see you engaged in your singing, singing and clapping, and, clapping and, that's, and that's we feed, we off, feed off, of that. off of that. And and we want we want to show you God. We want to show you Jesus through the lyrics and the songs. And so, it's so it's not about the musicians, musicians up here. It's it's about us singing praises. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps Himself in light And darkness tries to hide And troubles at His voice and his voice sing with me How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God All will see how great How great is our God
everybody give me a big smile if you know that Jesus has risen and he's he's sitting on the throne. He is. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Christ is my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus Stay tuned for Pastor Pastor Carter. Carter.
sit by the screen. Okay. Number one, a look back and a look forward. I'm going to explain that in a moment. If I stumble over some of these words, please forgive me. Last week, I attempted to make clear a rule found throughout the scripture known as Granville Sharp Rule, named after its founder, Granville Sharp. Now, I hope you don't get bored with this first part because we have a long way to go. Granville Sharp was an English philanthropist. What does that mean? He was a giver. And an abolitionist, which means he tried to do away with slavery. And is known to students of history as the Abraham Lincoln of England for his key role in abolishing slavery in England. Though untrained theologically, he was a student of the scriptures. Now I want to stop right there. Though untrained theologically, he was a student of the scriptures. I want you to follow along with me sometime when I'm talking. I'm going to ask you some questions for his key role in abolishing England. Though untrained theologically, I know I'm repeating myself. He was a student of the scriptures. Say student of the scriptures. Can you say that? I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it again. Perhaps this is out of place, but I'm going to say it out of place. If you are willing to get into the Word of God on your own, the Holy Spirit, though you might not be trained theologically, the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher in the world. You don't have to go to school. I'm not saying, I'm not promoting that you shouldn't go to school. No, I'm not. But I'm saying if you don't have the funds, if you don't have the availability to go to school, theological school, you have one comforter. He's called the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? Don't you ever get discouraged because of certain factors in your life which may not prevent you. Jesus said... And this is not in your notes. He's going to send you another helper. And that word is alos. It means another of the same kind. Jesus sent another helper just like himself. His strong belief in Christ's deity. What's that? His strong belief in Christ's deity led him to study the Bible from the original in order to defend ably that belief. Christ's deity. What did he believe in? He believed that Jesus Christ was God the Son. And in order to defend his belief against those who didn't believe and those who doubted the deity of Christ, he began to search the scriptures on his own. His strong belief in Christ's deity led him to study the Bible in the original in order to defend more ably that belief. Though such motivation, or through such motivation, he became able to handle both the Greek and Hebrew languages as he studied the scriptures. He noticed a certain 
pattern as he studied number two he noticed a certain pattern this is the pattern we went over last week and I know you might be getting bored but I can't help it I'm going to say something again and I'm not trying to be funny I'm not trying to be smart when you get into this word sometimes you just can't help it when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and grabs onto your heart you just can't help it among other things this certain pattern involves the words the and and the same thing we looked at last Sunday I'm going to repeat it again, the and and, the same thing we looked at last Sunday. For you who weren't here, I have two examples, and we're, those who are here, here's the same examples for last week. Example one, the blue and white jersey. Not the blue and the white jersey, which means two jerseys at least. That's example number one. Example number two, the black and white dress equals one dress. The black and the white dress equals at least two dresses. Now for you who want a more detailed study on this, you can go to Daniel B. Wallace, Greek grammar. My only hope for this day is to make plain to the audience, that's you, this awesome rule, number four. Now, in the light of the Granville Sharp rule, let's look at Titus 2.13 and 2 Peter 1.1. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right underneath it, you see the glory of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, one person. I want to stop right there before I go on. It was the great God, grammatically speaking, that went to the cross for you and me. Can I get a witness? It was the great God and Savior, one person who went to that awesome, terrible, humiliating cross for you and me. In the same way, Jesus Christ is identified as a great God and Savior. Matter of fact, Acts 4.12 says, there is, and there is salvation. I'm getting mixed up with the King James. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which you must be saved. One person, and there is salvation in no one else. Who's that no one else? He's the great God. 
He's not a false god. He's the great God and Savior. If you're here today, if you're here today and you're not saved, you can be saved. Can I get a witness? I got to give you a little experience I had this morning before you came in. We were serving out food as we usually do, and we love to serve. This church loves to serve. And while I was talking to a lady, I said, Miss, I was very polite. I said, Miss, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? She said, Yes, I got baptized years ago. I politely said to her, Miss, baptism doesn't save you. Can I get a witness? I said, think about, the, think about Lazarus. I'm sorry, not Lazarus. Think about the thief on the cross. Can I get a witness? He wasn't baptized. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's all he said. And Jesus said to him, I say unto you, verily, verily, you shall be in paradise today. He didn't get baptized. He didn't pay a lot of rules. He didn't keep the Ten Commandments. But he went into the kingdom. And yes, I said, you should get baptized. Don't you let Brother Bruce, Brother whosoever, fool you. You must be born again. And he got born again at that very moment that he trusted in Jesus Christ. And here's 2 Peter 1.1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of God and Savior. There it is again. God and Savior. And underneath of it, you can see this is number five, our God and Savior. In the Greek, it is the God of us and Savior, Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this, Therefore, also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above Every name, not the name which is above every other name, but the name above all names. That at the name of Yeshua, I like to say that. That's a Hebrew. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue, angry language shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Say Lord. Lord. I went to the name of Lord, and the highest sense means Yahweh. To the glory of God the Father. Someday, you and I, you can be as stubborn as you want. And I don't mean that sarcastically. And I'm not trying to be smart. But someday, if you're not saved, and if you are saved, your name, you are going to bow to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're going to acknowledge Him as Lord 
as Yahweh, as God the Son. And you don't take anything away from God the Father when you honor his Son. Matter of fact, 524, 523 of John says, Oh, man, say, Oh, man, all men are going to honor the Son just as equal to they honor the Father. Matter of fact, God wants you to honor his Son. May I go on and say this? And for you and me, that's right. You and me to ignore what he's done for you on the cross is an eternal insult. Matter of fact, Philippians 2 9, I say it again in bigger letters. Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven. I know I said this last week, so bear with me. Those who are in heaven, that's the angels. Some people try to say that Jesus is an angel. Those in heaven, but the angels are going to bow to Jesus. Can I get a witness? Angels don't bow to angels. And on earth, that's people. And under the earth, that's demons. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Let's go to seven. Moving on. A brief history of Granville Short was given and also his connection to Titus 2.13, which we just read, and 1 Peter 1.1. It is now my intention to move on to present a brief history of Titus and move on in this epistle. That's right, I'm going to go to the epistle of Titus in a few moments. Number eight. No mention of this gentleman. Of Titus, nothing more is certainly known than what we find in the epistles of Paul. What did you just say, Brother Bruce? I couldn't find anything on him, so I started looking a little bit deeper. It is somewhat remarkable that there is no mention of him in Acts of the Apostles, nor does his name occur in the New Testament anywhere except in the writings of the Apostle Paul. He was by birth a Gentile. You can look it up, Galatians 2, 3. He is called a Greek. And it is certain from that passage that he had not been circumcised. And the probability is that up to the time of his conversion, he had lived as other Gentiles and had not been converted to the Jewish faith. Before I go on, couldn't find him too much in the scriptures. But there's one place. I'm going to stick with the text. There's one place I hope everyone in here will be found. The Lamb's Book of Life. I want to ask you, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Can I get a witness? You ought to know. I'm going to say it again because there's so much heretical teaching going around. Some people say you can't know you're saved. You can't know if you're going to God's paradise until you die. What a lie. Perpetrated by even some ministers. 
I'm going to say this again, and it's not in your notes. These things, I wish I could step off the stage, but I can't. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. If you want to look it up, it's in 1 John chapter 10, excuse me, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 and on. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Did you notice I said that you may have right now, not will have, but do have right now? What a joy to know that you have eternal life right now. What a anxiety thing to to realize that I got to keep on working. I got to keep on doing this. I got to keep on stopping this happens and stop doing this. And I got to stop I got to stop all this dirt I've been doing. Yes, we need to clean up our lives. But you're not saved by cleaning up your life. You're cleaned up by coming to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, He'll start cleaning up your life. He will convict you of your sin. Back to Titus. His father and mother were doubtless both Greeks, and thus he was distinguished from Timothy, whose mother was a Jew or Jewess, but whose father was a Greek. You can look up these scriptures if you want them. I can give it to you afterward. If Titus had had been proselytized to the Jewish faith, it is to be presumed that he would have been circumcised. The reason why I did that, because somebody told me I should include the history of not only Granville Sharp, and I'm going to say the word history. Now, don't get insulted when I say this, because I'm not trying to insult anybody. Every one of us have a history. And I'm not trying to insult you, but I know one part of everyone's life in here. We were dead in trespasses and sins. And Christ looked down on us, if I can put it that way, and said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's every one of us. By grace, not by your good works, and forgive me for repeating it, by grace have you been saved through faith. It is God's awesome gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Paul, a bondservant of God. And I've got a lot to say about this. I can't wait till I get it. Paul, a bondservant of God and the apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of those chosen. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, but I, I want you to notice that word, chosen of God 
and the knowledge of the truth which is according to godliness. Christian, everybody here, say godliness. godliness. Are you and I moving towards godliness? Or are you and I just the same as we were last year? You haven't grown in Christ. I'm talking to Christians. You don't study the Bible anymore. You take the word of God for granted. You don't say thank you. You don't pray. If it hits you in the face, may it hit you. It hit me. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages before. In the hope of eternal life, I know I'm repeating myself, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ago, long ages ago. Can you say, which cannot lie? Says. Do you know God cannot lie? It doesn't say he won't lie. He cannot lie. If God makes you a promise in your prayers, if he confirms the word of God in your heart, it's there. It can't be broken. If you're praying for your brothers or sisters or aunts or uncles or whosoever, and God confirms, it is finished. He's going to do it. And I'm not trying to brag. But if he says he's going to do it, you don't have to pray it anymore. I know the Bible says continue on in prayer. But if the Lord confirms in your heart, I'm going to save that brother. I'm going to save that sister. I'm going to save my aunt. I'm going to save my uncle. I'm going to save that child. He's going to do it. He cannot lie. And many of you have experienced a confirmation in your heart. But at the proper time, manifested even his word in the proclamation which, which I was entrusted. Say entrusted. I'm going to meet this later. Christian, don't you know God has entrusted you with a ministry that's all your own, designed just for you? How you make it out with it? I'll talk about that more later. I got to slow down. And for those who aren't saved, the first thing he's got to do is get you saved. I met another person that's been maybe a year ago, maybe two years. Some. Are you saved? Well, I hope so. I'm going to repeat this verse again. These things I have written that you may know that you have eternal life. To Titus, my true child in a common faith. Say common faith. Do you know every one of us gets saved the same way? By grace. Oh, Brother Carter, I'm getting tired of you talking about grace. That's all I have to offer you is grace. Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus 
our Savior. I don't know why I'm saying this, and this is not in your notes. For you who want saved, I pray that you'll get saved soon. Why do you say that, Brother Bruce? I'm just going to put it bluntly. And I hope you're not insulted. I don't want you to go to hell. I'm going to say it. Jesus went through hell on that cross. The wrath of God was poured out on him in your behalf. Where do you find that? I'm not going to turn to it. Isaiah 51. That's where it's at. I can't underestimate the power of you leaving. The, uh, maybe power is not the word. The, the um, demise of you leaving this word, world without Jesus Christ. Just to give you a taste. My God. My God. Why have you forsaken me? Paul, bondservant of Christ. I'm sorry. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for faith of those chosen of God and knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness. Here, here we go with a few quotes. Paul always declared his relationship to God. Say relationship. Yes, I'm stopping every few seconds. Seems like it. Do you have a relationship with God? You know you can. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Can you call upon his name? And for those who don't think you can pray to Jesus and have a relationship, just look at John 14. If you ask me anything in my name, this is Jesus talking. He says, you can come to me. Matter of fact, in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 or 27, it says, come to me, all you who are loaded down and heavy laden, and I, say I, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There's a lot to learn from Jesus. Can I get a witness? How well are you in learning from Jesus, the great I am. Brother Bruce, you're always stressing the deity of Christ. Why not? He's from the beginning to the end. From Genesis to Revelation. From let us make man in our image to I am, and I'm not going to prolong it, the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. That's who he is. There's no greater person in all the universe than Jesus Christ because God has highly exalted him. Let me ask you this. Let me ask a metaphorical question. How high is he exalted in your heart and mine? You know he wants to be first. 
Paul always declared his relationship to God and the Lord Christ when writing a letter. He wanted no question about who he was, nor about what his purpose was. Say purpose. Now, I know I said it before, but if you are a Christian, God has a plan designed just for you. He knows your personality. He knows you upside down, inside out. He knows what you can take, what you can't take. He's got it designed. He was focused upon Christ and his glorious offered, that offered eternal life to men. From the first to the last, Paul was a servant of God and the messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the purpose of these introductory words of Titus, to declare that he is God's servant. I want you to hold on to the horses. Because as you and I identified in the next few pages, this is an excellent passage on the ministry of God's servant. Before I go on to number 14, how about, this is 13, how about you and my service to God? I hope you don't get insulted. But if you do, so be it. <laughs> Wake up, Christians. Get on your toes, Christians. Do something for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Instead of always being a taker. Give me this, give me that. How about doing something for him? Amen. And then while you're giving it, say, bless you, brother. This is an excellent passage on the ministry of God's servant. We're talking about Titus, his great call. He had a purpose. He had a message, the hope of eternal life. I'm going to say this again. If you can only offer people, I hope so, I maybe so, I might get into the game. You don't have a message. His reward. Say reward. God's not asking you to do something that he won't reward you for. Don't you know that God wants to give you a reward for faithful stewardship? Don't you know that he wants to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant? What's he going to say about Brother Bruce? What's he going to say about you? And this is kind of brutal. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Is he going to be ashamed of you and me? Is he? You know. Number 15. Slave. Slave. What are you, you calling me? That's the same word as servant. Apostle. Paul, God's servant, receives the greatest of calls. God's true servant is called to be a slave of God and an apostle or messenger of Jesus Christ. Note two striking things. Paul says that he was a slave of God. This is striking. For the last thing that a person wants to be is a slave to anyone. 
Yet this is exactly what Paul claimed. In fact, he proudly declared that he was the slave of God. What did he mean by that? Number 16. He meant that he was totally possessed by God. God looked upon and seen his degraded and needful condition. I'm not going to go into the history of Paul. Most of you know that he got saved on his way to persecuting Christians. And God converted him. God has seen Paul in the slave market of world, held in bondage by sin and death, but the trouble and the trial of life, and God was moved with compassion toward Paul. I know I'm talking about Paul and Titus. Therefore, God brought and purchased Paul. Paul was now the slave of God, totally possessed by God. That could be you and me. We're talking on Paul who wrote this epistle. He meant that his will would belong to God. He was completely subservient to God and owed total allegiance to the will of God. As Kenneth Woost said, I know I don't have Woost in there, his will was swallowed up in the sweet will of God. Say sweet will of God. I'm going to tell you one thing. It might be hard, but it's the sweet will of God that you follow in his past. Eighteen. He meant that he had the highest and most honored and kingly possession in all the world. Men of God, the greatest men of history, and I should say greatest men, of, greatest ladies of history, have always been called the servants of God. It was the highest title of honor. The believer's slavery to God is no cringing, cowardly, and shameful subjection. It is a position of honor, the honor that bestows upon men and women. The privileges and responsibilities of serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Number 19. Moses was a slave of God. Joshua was a slave of God. David was a slave of God. Paul was a slave of God. James was a slave of God. Jude was a slave of God. The prophets were slaves of God. And I want you to notice the last one. Even though I have it misspelled, and I tried to correct it several times, Christian believers are slaves to Jesus Christ. Do you get that? All the way down, it says slave of God. When it comes to Christians, Christian believers, and I'm not saying there's some demarcation, Christian believers are said to be slaves of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? You know why? Because all men should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. I have a few examples, but I want to go over it again. Number 20. I'm going to start from the bottom down. Christian believers were said to be slaves of Jesus Christ. The prophets were slaves of God. Jude was a slave of God. James was a slave of God. Paul was the slave of God. David was the slave of God. Joshua was the slave of God. Moses was the slave of God. Let's go over a few. James 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. What? They're in conjunction. 
James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. Jude. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. The servant, the slave of Jesus Christ. And brother of James, to them that are sanctified, sanctified. I don't care what you, I'm not trying to be rude. I don't know why I'm always apologizing. I shouldn't be apologizing for the word of God. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. And brother James, to them that are sanctified. Say sanctified again. Every born again Christian, whether you want to be or not, you've been set apart for his service. That's what the word sanctify means. At least that's one meaning of it. It means to be set apart and preserved in Jesus Christ. Say preserved. I'm not going to elaborate on that that much, but I'll say this. Jesus said, my father and I are one. If you're in Jesus' hands, you're in his Father's hands. Can I get a witness? Where did you get that from, Brother Bruce? Chapter 10. 22. The prophets were slaves of God. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt. Say, land of Egypt. Here I go putting a medical forecal reason against. Oh, hold on. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, every one of us were in the house of slavery. What kind of slavery? Not the slavery that the Israelites had, but sinful slavery. And God took his hand and pulled you out. And if he wouldn't have pulled you out... You still be in there. Because you can't pull yourself out. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day, I have sent unto you all my servants the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Say rising up early. You ought to find yourself rising up. I know some of you are night people, but maybe sometime you can rise up early and say, thank you. Thank you for raising me up out of my degradation and my sin. And help me, O oh Lord, to pray for others who are lost. There's a lot more things we could pray for. Number 23. I'm looking at that clock because I'd like to be on time. Christian believers are said to be slaves of Jesus Christ. I mentioned that before. I'm going to go slow so I can get this correctly. 1 Corinthians 7.22 and Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salute you, always laboring fervently for your 
much for you in prayers. If you think saying our Father who art in heaven and the rest and just getting up, you are mistaken. There is so many people, so many things for us to pray for. We ought to spend some time on our knees. Can I get a witness? Now, maybe as a child, that's the first thing you learn. But as you grow in Christ, you realize this is a serious thing. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salute you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. No, perfect doesn't mean I'm going to be sinless. I'm going to say this for you, you and me. Every one of us, Christians, sin every day. Don't be fooled. There is no such thing as a sinless Christian. I have to confess, and we should confess our sins every day. Matter of fact, if you don't look, if you don't believe that, look in First John, where John's talking to Christians. If we say we have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. Deception is a terrible thing, whether it be by Brother Bruce, by whosoever pastor. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing that I spoke to that lady. Somebody told her, you got to get baptized and you're saved, and that's it. What a pity. I'm going to say this again. I'm just being transparent. You better watch what Brother Bruce says. You better go home and check it. You better go home and ask the Lord to give you understanding. Can I get a witness? Don't take anybody's word for it. That's why God gave us his holy word. 1 Corinthians 7.22 For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Well, huh? I, I, here I go again. That's right. I'm on the person of Christ. How could you be Christ's servant if he was just the creation? I'm going to turn to a scripture at the end. Let me read that again. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Like also, likewise also, he that is called. Say called. I have no idea who I'm talking to. God has been calling some of you for a long time. And he keeps on calling. And he keeps on knocking at the door. And I know I'm going to take this out of context, so stay with me. But it's true. I'm knocking at the door. Revelation. And I'll put it this way. Won't you let me in? Because I want to have a fine supper with you. And we can sit down and have fellowship one with another won't you let me in? Stop trying to be like the world. Let me in. Amen. 24. It's good to hear a little laughter. Can I get a witness? 
You think the you think being a Christian is a boring thing? You just wait, just wait and taste the excitement. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Give him a chance. He won't disappoint you. And what goes for his father, he cannot lie. Not with eye service. Not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good each one does, he will receive back from the Lord. There it is again. You cannot outgive God. You can't outgive him. Even when people take advantage of, of you, you can't outgive the Lord. Number 26, work heartily. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord. Well, I wonder who the Lord is rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. That whole passage deals with the Lord. 27. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. I, I know I've said this before, and someone said, I think, they didn't say thank you, but they, say, they said, thank you for rattling my chain. How grateful are you? There's a brother here this morning. I mean, he's got trouble, all kind of trouble, and I won't identify, I won't do that. But he says, I still have a lot to be thankful for. Can I get a witness? No matter what's going on in your life, and I know there's a lot of trouble going on in different lives, but we still have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm going to name some things again. Thank you for waking me up in the morning. Thank you for allowing me to breathe. Thank you for allowing me to drink water. Thank you for your eternal life. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and all. Say all. That word all means it's so wonder striking that you cannot get over it. I'll tell you one thing you can get, not get over. In the beginning, I'm, I'm at Genesis. No, I'm not, in Gen, I'm not in John. In the beginning, God. But where did God come from? From everlasting to everlasting. Well, where'd God come? From everlasting, from everlasting. You are God. That's awesome. Let me put it this way. From eternity to eternity, you are Elohim. What's that mean? It means God. First verse of the Bible. Number 28. You did not choose me. 
I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Say bear fruit. No, I'm not going to get into chosen. No, I'm not going to go there. But I can say one thing. You should go and bear fruit. Don't you know the Lord Jesus Christ wants every one of us to bear fruit? I am the vine. You are the branches. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask of the Father in my name. Did you get that? God the Father's asking in his son's name. He may give it to you. 29. Ambassadors. Say ambassadors. Here he goes again. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God would entreat you through us. We beg you in on. I, I get mixed up in the King James every time. Thank you for somebody telling me to slow down. That too. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating you through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. What's that mean? You ever see a, a daughter and a mom, brother, sister, aunts and uncles, at enemies, at odds with each other? But when they come back together, they're reconciled. This is off the cuff, so I don't know who I'm talking to. I know there's some brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and parents or so on. I know you're far away from each other. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to assume it. Don't you know God wants you to get back together? Can I get a witness? Well, that's one of the things we could pray about. Number 30. I delight to do your will. Oh, my God. This is what Jesus said. He was consumed, as you read back there. He was consumed with doing his Father's will. I delight to do your will. Oh, my God. The law is is written within my heart. There's no other way. Jesus could have gone to that cross if he wasn't consumed with doing the Father's will. Can I get a witness? Could have done it. He, was, he delighted to do it. I know you're, you might be at odds with me, but he said, I delight to do your will. So if he delighted to do his Father's will, and even though he says sweat, and blood, he still wanted to go to that cross because he knew it would please his father. Can I get a witness? I had to slow down. 31. Paul, an apostle, not sent from men. Not through, sent through the agency of God, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Now I'm going to start over so I can slow down. Paul, an apostle, not sent for men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ. 
the only person who has, gives you the authority to go out an apostle. You've got to be sent from God and Christ. Men can send you. It's, it's, it's not real. It's sent from God. Can I get a witness? That's when you're really sent. 32. Paul says he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. The word apostle means a person who was sent out or sent forth. An apostle is a representative, an ambassador, an envoy, a person who was sent out into one country to represent another country. These things are true of an apostle. He belongs to the king. Say, belongs to the king. Christian, whether you want to or not, and I hope this is not true, you and I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He belongs to the King. You're commissioned to be sent out. I don't know where God has you. I don't mean to a foreign country. Maybe it's right in your home. Maybe it's to your next door neighbor. I don't know. I don't know about this third one. He possesses all the authority and power of the person who sent him. I'm not, I'm not going to get into this. I'll say this. I'm, let me repeat it. He possesses all the authority and power of the person who sent him. This is controversial. But I know one thing. What God wants in your life, he will give you the power to do it. Whatever he wants. What I heard Brother Green say this years ago, and I still remember it. What God demands in your life, God provides. Anything that God wants you to do, he will give you the power to do it. This is my last request. Several of you probably know where I'm going, especially... A special, uh, some of these brothers, I'm going to Colossians. Hold on. I'm sorry for the delay. Thank you. I didn't intend to do this. This is why. Titus, I am not in Titus, but this is for us all. And Titus, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than themselves. Do not merely look upon for yourselves personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He took on the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. Say he humbled himself. But becoming obedient, just like a prophet, 
But I want you to know Jesus was more than a prophet. To the point of death, even death on a cross, therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. We're back to my first page almost, first pages, that at the name of Jesus, I'm slowing down intentionally, that at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. I feel myself getting low again, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. Let's give the Lord a hand. I'm done.